What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. For those that don't know, <laughs> for, the, for those that might not have seen my text to Patrick, uh, I said, I'm not shocked that the Republicans stormed the Capitol. I am shocked that they didn't immediately go to the cafeteria to get that juice that keeps Nancy Pelosi alive. And then I, said, I just but- love the idea that everybody, all the Congress people go down to the cafeteria and it's like, there's the soda station, there's the juice station, there's the coffee station. And then it's just for Nancy Pelosi and it's her <laughs> own, her own cooler of juice. <laughs> Nobody else gets to drink Nobody's it. allowed to touch it. <laughs> Fingerprint um, scan. I did. I, I did say that, uh, uh, unfortunately they did take the clothespins that keep Mitch McConnell's skin on. <laughs> Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that's turtly enough for the Turtle Club. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I had a great bit the last time we were recording about my favorite opening in chess, but God destroyed my audio file and decided that, that we weren't going to do it anymore because the my pride. podcast that prefers the Danish game to the Italian game, the Danish gambit to the Italian game. I do. I was raised on the Italian game. I'm an, an Italian boy through and through. I, but when I when I learned about the Danish gambit where you sacrifice two pawns to gain a positional advantage with your bishops, mm-hmm. that that made me happy. I, I prefer love the muffin one. gambit. Tell me the more bear about claw the muffin. gambit. Okay, you're, there's other various breakfast food gambits. You're making these up. Yeah, the Danish is a breakfast food. Oh, I was making pastry jokes. Pastry jokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not very well versed. Your, your brain, your brain's like, I'm on chess right now, Patrick. I I'm need on you chess. To calm down. I need you to stop talking. You know what they don't have in the <laughs> middle of a two-hour heated chess match? A Puns. wheeling pastry cart that comes by. It says, "Oh, sorry. I know you're Anything really busy." Anything from the trolley. <laughs> Well, take the lot. <laughs> Anything from the trolley. <laughs> I can't believe they have magic uh, and she still chose her voice sound like that. You know, <laughs> like she, 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 you know, that's like a willy. <laughs> Anything from the trolley. <laughs> she could have sounded like anyone. Oh, <laughs> she man. could sound like Scarlett Johansson, but no, she sounds but like no. that woman. I, All right. Now that we're on Harry Potter, we can we can okay. rehash our conversation about chess <laughs> and Harry Potter. How do they know? How do the pieces know? How do they know? I was so I was something that has confused me since I was a child watching the Sorcerer's Stone was when Ron says Knight to G seven or whatever. How does <laughs> how do they know which knight? What if the both knights are in the same can go to the same square? And then Ethan are you clarified, asking? Me, are you asking me to tell it teach it to you again? No. Okay. Good. When you take notation in chess in real life, there's a way to, to delineate between different pieces. When you're in a magic school, you just kind of have to trust that the pieces know what they're doing. <laughs> My favorite part about wizard chess is the pieces absolutely demolish each other. I love that. I had a lot of Reese's Puffs this morning, and I got to ask, what's in a Reese's Puff? <laughs> I think it's puffed corn. Like it used to be we would know like, or okay, wheat. this is, I see the cow that I've killed, and I'm going to make the cow into food, and then I've now <laughs> I've eaten the cow... Yeah. At the very least, I'll go outside and I'll pull this spud out of the ground and I like know what it is. But I go to the store and I get a box of Reese's Puffs and I dump those into my bowl. They could be made of anything. Like, what is it? <laughs> Nobody knows. It's puffed well, it's, corn? What? Or, or puffed wheat. Yeah, I think it's puffed corn. Ugh. It's the same I stuff they gross. make tricks and cocoa puffs out of. I know. It's just the, just the same balls in the factory that just like one goes down the Reese's Puffs line and they go... 
and then it turns comes out of peanut butter and chocolate and one goes down to the tricks line it's fruity like Absolutely. it's just the same that's it's exactly every, what it is it's it's the same corn balls that's exactly what it is. that's why i only eat shredded wheat because i know exactly what it is allow it's me to clarify i usually only eat the wheat based uh like the 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 wheat squares you know mm-hmm. for cereal but over christmas um my brand is betraying me because people are like, oh, I've got all this extra cereal. Ethan, you like cereal. You should take it. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I'm trying to eat healthier. But it's like, if I don't eat it, then it's all just going to like, what do I, you know, what do you do? You know? It's like, I'm really so, glad that we distance ourselves from our brand of liking memes. Yeah. Um, because memes are, uh, they're okay. Yeah, they suck. <laughs> do you remember how three years ago, everyone was like dying laughing over people saying what in tarnation? Yeah. For like three months straight. All you had to do is walk into a room and say Harambe, and everyone's like, ah! <laughs> All you had to do was walk into a ballot box and write Harambe down, and everyone was like congratulating you on the way out as an American hero. Simpler times. Simpler days. And then everyone in the Catholic world was laughing at what incarnation, because that's mm, the Jesus that's Because we have to, any meme that we do, we have to take it and make it worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that's what Catholic. If you're still on Catholic Twitter, just just wait for a meme to show up and just watch. Just it'll just take watch. you. Just takes it'll take less than two hours. Somebody will take that uh, thirty meme to forty and make feral it, pigs in my backyard. Thirty to forty saint relics in my backyard. That's wow, that's such a good one. Thirty to forty feral pigs in my backyard. How about thirty to forty swine that had a demon cast into them and then run over the hillside? Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, something like that it's just like, i remember wow, that you guys exact are, one. you got you remember that that gospel story too man wow. that's great wow awesome. we're we're evangelizing mm-hmm. through through memes we're gonna get interviewed by a newspaper about how to use twitter to promote the gospel <laughs> we oh, did dear. that did happen to us twice it did twice <laughs> <laughs> i i have that article let me rephrase my mother has that article laminated and on the dresser in the mm-hmm. room that I stay in when I'm there. Yeah. Uh, she no longer calls it Ethan's room. I, I think we've <laughs> talked about this, but it's the room that Ethan stays in when he's home. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I read it and I'm just like, I shouldn't have been allowed to do this interview. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to look at it, it's the Levin, the Kansas city newspaper, L E A V E N. Look up the Levin, the crunch and, and just read it. It's and in and there. you, you'll be entertained. All right. That's enough cynicism. <laughs> for this podcast for this podcast tune we in next do, week when <laughs> tune in next week for the rest of our yearly allotment of cynicism uh do you want to do hot take time machine absolutely i do hot take time machine, time machine. welcome to the hot take time machine the part of the show where we take a look back Five years ago, which was 2016 now, because it's 2021. Holy crap. Uh, to the prime of our social media posting. We are actually starting to get into the prime of our social media posting. It actually like, I, I, This I, is... Now is the time miss, where our tweets are actually funny. One thing I will say about 2020, it was so much easier to subtract by five when the year was divisible by five. I will say that. And, and now... <laughs> and now and it's now just it's too hard. It's way too hard. It's way too difficult. <laughs> If you have a hot take five years or older, send it in to info at thecrunchcast.com. Patrick, let me add that hot take. Yeah, so this hot take comes from November of 2015, and it's one of the most uh, it's one of the most uh, appropriate for our current climate, oh. our current situation. Oh, November 2015. Big, big climate guy. Uh, I posted, or I tweeted, is it okay if I'm still afraid of Ebola? Um <laughs> <laughs> I think at the time Ebola had been done for, for a like, while. For a while, yeah. yeah. And so I <laughs> posted that. But uh, is it okay if I'm still afraid currently of Ebola? Right now in 2021? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Cool. Um, speaking of memes, I'm thinking of a tweet that I saw a long time ago where somebody mm-hmm. just put E and then the bowling pin emoji and then an A. <laughs> <laughs> And it had like 20,000 retweets. It was just Simple. Ebola. Which Ebola. Is, has always made me laugh. Crazy how uh, the Haitians handled Ebola better than America handled coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they get like really hit hard with the... It didn't leave their country though. 
Oh, that's fair. Like, I mean, maybe it got hit. How many dead? Let's before we say anything. How many people died from Ebola? I don't remember because I wasn't on Twitter. I wasn't either. Twitter didn't exist constantly checking. So, okay. The impact of this epidemic had on the world, particularly West Africa, is significant. A total of twenty-eight thousand cases and eleven thousand deaths. Huh. That's it. Wow. <laughs> That's it. It was in Western Africa. I'm sorry that I said Haiti earlier. That Are was you probably me... really racist of me. No, I think, well, Haiti was in the news at the same time. Okay, okay. I think that's why it was, yeah. There was like an earthquake at the same time or something. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, 28,000 cases. You're telling me that the cases deaths. of Ebola didn't surge even once? <laughs> 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 Did they ever soar? <laughs> Were lockdowns imminent? Did we maintain social distancing? Did, did, let me ask West Africa a question. You guys wear masks? You guys stay six (laughs) feet apart? Well, hold on. What, comparably, what was swine flu? All right, let's, let me just, in terms of, obviously, let me get on that cdc.com. I remember, I remember swine flu, like, wasn't as contagious, but I do remember people talking about staying six feet apart. Let's not be, let's not be offensive to the 30 to 40 feral hogs in my background. H1N1 death toll. (laughs) Uh, Swine flu. Let's not be offensive to my ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Patrick. Sorry, that's a, that's an Ethan joke. That is. You just took that from me. Um, so the, they really tuck them into this uh, into this big wall of texts on the CDC website. So from April twelfth, two thousand nine to April tenth, twenty ten, CDC estimated that there were sixty million cases, uh, two hundred and seventy five thousand hospitalizations, and twelve thousand deaths in the United States due to H one N one. Wow. So sixty million cases, but it was way less deadly. It was essentially really just like the flu. Like if we're talking about a, a, a virus that was just the common cold, it was H one N one. You know? Yeah. Interesting. Sixty million cases, twelve thousand deaths. It's not a lot at all. Yeah. COVID is, COVID's different. COVID's it's different. different. COVID hits different. So anyway. So anyway. <laughs> do you have a hot take? <laughs> to, I do. Sorry that we went off on a Ebola kick. Uh, this one's from January 15th, 2016. This was my sophomore year of college, just for reference. It says, I'm ready. No, sorry. <clears throat> I'm just ready to be back at school. Being home for a month is like being in basic training again before being sent out to the battlefield. I hate that. <laughs> I'm a soldier for Christ, baby. <laughs> Respect the troops. <laughs> Those people that those people that have soldier for Christ in their bio and just DM them, thank you for your service. <laughs> you need to stop taking drinks and coffee before I talk, man. <laughs> I know. You keep making me laugh. <laughs> thank you for your service. Remember that, that meme that was going around for a while, like a girl walking up to a Boy Scout in a Starbucks going, thank you for your service. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, but that's so funny. <laughs> those people that have like Crusader profile pictures or yes. like an eagle that's at like, you know. Yeah, thank right. you for your service. The rosary is my weapon. Oh, thank you for all the training that you had to oh, go it's through beautiful. to 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 use that rosary as your weapon. Um, I I just I love the the thought. It's kind of it's kind of uh, just funny how I really thought I was in the middle of a battle, but like yeah. I don't even really think I was going to. I wasn't really praying at this time in my life, <laughs> and so uh, unsure what I was battling and how I was battling it. It's one of the biggest misconceptions of the spiritual battle in of its in and of itself. And it's something that mm-hmm. like on lead I try to impress on the students when we talk we have a talk called the battle. And mm. I try to emphasize over and over again, I'm like, guys, the battle is fought inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's not about your heathen friends who don't agree with church teaching on same exactly. sex on same sex yeah. marriage and abortion. Right. Right, 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 it's right. about you not sinning. Yeah, that's what it's about. And it's like a lot of people get that mixed up. A lot of people get it wrong because like because we've accepted this like Protestant idea that, you know, once saved, always saved, even though Mm -hmm. we'll even though we'll like go down with the ship yelling at them for believing in that. Mm -hmm. We we kind of believe it ourselves because it's a very it's a very attractive belief. Right. It's it's even worse because it's like the it's not even it's, sometimes it's the one saved always saved mindset but a lot of times it's just the practical atheism mindset of 
I believe in this and this is something that I do, but it's more of an activity and outside of youth group and church, I'm good. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not really going to let my life be affected too much by this because pff, I'm not going to die. And if I do die, what does that matter? I mean, except, except for Jesus, but like, I don't really care. It's like, well, do you really, do you really believe in it? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I was. I was like, oh, I'm going to this battle. We got to, we got to, <laughs> We got to start humbling ourselves a little bit. <laughs> I, had a, I had a really good friend in college, read an article for America magazine and it was called, I went to Steubenville, a culture warrior and I came out more Catholic. Oh, that's funny. It's, it was great. And it, he, it's so right. Cause he's like, like the culture warrior thing. We kind of, we equate the battle of, of faith mm-hmm. and the culture war. And we think those two things are the same. So it's like, I'm a soldier for Christ, so I'm just going to trigger the libs until they convert. And that's just not helpful. <laughs> it's really it's really working great right it's now. It's going great. It's we going can perfect. all see how well it's working. Uh-huh. Um, the Gomer and Dave Van Vickle just had a great podcast on this uh, evangelization and the culture war and like finding the right balance between the two. I think it's one of their best episodes that they've done on uh, Every Knee Shall Bow. So I think if, if people are interested in that idea, they talk about it way more better than we do because they've actually lived <laughs> they've as been evangelists. Doing this for a while. They've been doing one it for of our, a while. Yeah. One of our parishioners started like a small group that does phone call ministry cool. and during these trying times. Mm. And uh, they get together and they meet. She meets with one group in the morning, one group in the evening, just so everybody that wants to can make it. And they like listen to Every Knee Shall Bow and talk about it and discuss. That's great. And it was like completely started by a prisoner and so someone brought it up at a meeting the other day and they were like, we need to like start supporting prisoners because they have these great ideas that we don't have. So we just need to like invest time into these prisoners that, and just yeah. let them do their thing. Who would have thought that the laity would live out the mission of the church? Not me. That was not the m- joke that I was going to say. That not was the my joke Vatican that I was going to make about the Capitol building thing. I was like, this is not what we meant by empowering the laity. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> if you want to empower the lady, this is what you get. I want to. Uh, what I wanted, if I still had Twitter, <laughs> I would post that picture that everybody's posting of, like the Capitol building all lit up with all the tear gas and everything around it. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, man, this papal audience really went wrong. <laughs> Just the white, the white smoke means we have a new president. <laughs> we have a new president. <laughs> That's not good. That's not a good joke. Not a good joke. Oh, oh it's funny. I, 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 bless me, bless me, Ethan, for I've sinned. I tweeted today. Oh, Patrick. Yeah, I tweeted. Speaking of hot takes, this is a hot take for five years from now. Um, I tweeted, our country is very divided right now. The mm. best thing for us to do is to keep blaming that disunity on the other party. I know this strategy hasn't worked in the past, but it's probably but, because we didn't do this it enough. Time, this time it's going to work. This time it's going to work. How many times do we got to teach you this lesson, old man? Old man. <laughs> Oh, but boy. it's so right. it's so funny because I was like, "Are we do, are we doing the topic now? Are, are we, we topic? I think we're it? topicking. Okay. So, hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was listening to news pot news roundup podcasts I was on my listening. way into work. And a lot of them were about how divided the country is. And I listened to many different sides of the of story. Course. And by that, I mean, I listened to CNN and Fox News. Mm. and um, Which are really just the same side, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was listening to the... Um, the Fox News podcast about this and they were talking about how like Mitch McConnell gave two really good addresses to the Senate today. One was prepared, one wasn't because one was about the election itself before they started voting or not voting before they started affirming the results. And then after the attack happened. Yeah. And he got up there and he was like, this is, this is insane. He was like, I've, I've been here for 36 years. This is ridiculous. And they were very good speeches and they were calls for unity, right? Which is, which I appreciated because he's about to like lose power, right? So he's like leaving yeah. office in the sense he's, he's not, he's no longer the Senate majority leader. And I thought that was very brave and like very like, you know, it was, it was respectable. And so the Fox News commentators were taught, not the commentators, but the, the anchors for this podcast were talking about how, how awful it is that people would do this and how badly some of the Senate, some of the house members reacted um one house member like got up and like pointed at the a republican member he's like you did this and it okay. was like really yeah. intense yeah yeah but then other on on the other hand like republicans and democrats were like forced into rooms together <laughs> to like wait out an attack right and i texted you this i was like i was like maybe they'll become friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah they start playing like, wall ball. It's like I don't, there's that. I think there's a great scene in a, in Better Call Saul where he gets mm-hmm. he's trying to get to this judge so that he can get through a bunch of his cases and do a bunch of settlements. Um, and she won't sit down with him because she knows that he's just trying to turn over his uh, case numbers so he can get more more money. Yeah. And so he hires somebody to break the elevator. When they get in the elevator together and they are forced, she like doesn't want to talk to him. She is annoyed by him, but eventually they like forge an understanding and they build a relationship, which is weird. It's just like imagining all of the Republicans and all of the Democrats stuck in an elevator together and they're just, (laughs) and they're just so bored and they're bouncing a wall, a ball against the wall. Their phones die. It's like, so how are the kids, you know? And eventually (laughs) like the guys take off their jackets and their ties and they're playing football. And like, it's just, uh, that's come on. That's it's it's what you want to hear from America, you know? Right. And it's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and the, 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 the episode was like, it had that kind of air to it of like, you know, we, we need to actually commit to unity because this is untenable etc this is like this sure. is awful yeah that was the main section at the end of the fox news uh, rundown there's a commentary section so it's okay. like the news and then the commentary on the commentary news. yeah and this guy with like the most nasal radio voice came on and he's like if you're one of those democrats and i'm like right. goodness gracious okay can you i was like did you guys not like talk about this did you not talk about like the message of the beginning of the podcast is going to be we need to be more unified and then the message at the end of the podcast was screw the libs like i I don't understand. And and he was like he he was talking about how um oh like and it's it's the classic like you're more of a hypocrite than we are. It's the same thing that happens every time there's you know a humanitarian crisis and people on the left are like we need to help these people and then people on the right are like what about babies in the womb? And then vice versa like pro life is brought up and then people on the left are like well, why don't you help it, help the immigrants on the border um it was this it was the same thing contrasting these this attack on the capitol with the black lives matter protests uh-huh. that have been happening last year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like look i get it right it's like there's there's similarities between it and it's like you're right yeah 
politicians are are hypocritical often <gasps> and people that agree with you when they get in trouble you tend to back them up and people that disagree with you when they get in trouble you tend to you know like go in on them right and mm-hmm. i think i think that that needs to be a i think that uh nobody's hands are clean so some like conservative commentator can't come on i think i think there's so much hypocrisy you just got to stop you got to back off and someone has to be the first person to back off but that's the problem is that that takes vulnerability and that vulnerability is not welcome in washington dc no. Which is why I think we just need to back off Washington, D.C. altogether and just forget them. Oh. Yeah. I think that's fair. I have a lot of thoughts. I think it's uh, an unfair understanding of the American people that every single politician is going to share honestly what they believe about every single issue. Mm-hmm. Because that would that would honestly like the Democratic Party does not benefit from that and the Republican Party does not benefit from that. Right. There's probably lots of Republican uh, House members and senators who agree with the Black Lives Matter protests, but it would do their party no good to speak up in favor of it. Um, And so they don't because they like their jobs and they want to stay employed. (laughs) Um, Same thing on the other side. There's probably a lot of Democrats, maybe not as many, but there's probably a lot of Democrats who uh, agree with the plight of the right. You know, they agree with the. Maybe not the the capital storming yesterday, but there are other issues, pro, the pro-life issue, um, mm. those kinds of things. But it wouldn't benefit the party for them to speak up because they like their job and they want to stay employed. And so I think people just have this weird understanding of like, I voted for you, so you should speak your mind on everything all the time. And it's like, no, you've actually voted to keep a party in power, um, which is different than electing an individual to, to speak up, yeah. uh, to speak their mind about things. And so... I think we just as a country need to understand like if you're looking for you're just looking to the wrong people to say the wrong things like I I don't really need my congressman to speak out against or for anything. I honestly like don't care what like I care about what he votes for, you know, Mm -hmm. and I care about the 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 amendments and the resolutions and the things that are being pushed through Congress because of the people that I'm I'm voting for. I don't care what my senator tweets about the Capitol storming. I don't care what my senator tweets about the black lives matter protest. I don't think that actually has any bearing on anything <laughs> to be honest. Like what, what a, what a particular person's personal opinion about things is mm-hmm. um, because they're in a, a position of creating policy. And so what matters is what, what are the policies that they're enacting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're, it's the same thing with like, oh, I'm personally pro-life, but I'm publicly pro-choice. Well, it's like, okay, I really don't care that you're personally pro-life. That's nice. Kudos to you. But your policy is, is really garbage. It's really bad, you know? Yeah. So like, quit that when, when, <laughs> when you're in that position. And so I think we just need to have a more balanced and more just realistic understanding that, um, I just don't, there's a, I have a whole other point, but I don't want to get into it before I give you a chance to respond to that. So I don't want to get too deep, too deep in the Fair. sauce. Yeah. I think, I think you make a good point. It's like, we, we expect too much, not too much. We expect the wrong things yes. out of yes. the federal government. Yes. And I mean, I I was, I was in all in all transparency i'm writing an article about this because oh. i was like i was like oh Cause you're writing 100 articles this year writing 100 articles yeah and uh the capitol building being breached for the first time in literally 200 years it's kind of interesting <laughs> so it's all um, right. a lot to opine about but th- we expect we expect the wrong things out of the federal government and i think that's if if people were upset that they didn't feel heard a protest would have been enough sure if people felt upset that that's the thing is like what's on what's on the line for these people that stormed the capitol like in their mind what what is it that they fear biden's gonna be president and what does that mean i don't got my guns socialism or something you know socialism or something that's probably an unfair caricature but like that's that's all i've really heard from people who are super pro-trump which is biden's gonna be president which means things will be worse yeah there's going to be more homeless there's going to be more uh protests violent protests there's going to be fewer guns uh (laughs) but somehow more violence like i it's but there's no like concrete like this is how these are the policies that biden is enacting that's going to lead to these things 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has bad policies. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I don't trust the guy as far as I can throw him. But <laughs> please don't throw him. He seems weak. He does. See, he would. He would break on the ground. <laughs> Biden doesn't bounce. But it's uh, it's it's a problem because. Not because they believe that the country will be worse off if Biden is president. I think that's a fine opinion to hold. Sure. I think they believe that the country will absolutely burn to the ground and their very way of life will go away if Biden Mm. is elected president, which is an unrealistic, almost insane thing to think. But it's not just them. They're just willing to do something about it. There are so many people who honestly believe that more democratic power will result in death and destruction of freedom in yeah. general and there are people that honestly believe that more republican power will result in the exact same thing yes and so remember how we all made fun of the people at trump's inauguration who were falling to their knees and crying exactly it's just that like it's the same thing is happening but these people decided to storm the capitol <laughs> exactly it's like those people took their took their beliefs to the logical conclusion right which, which is, is which is bad I want, but, it is bad, but it, I mean, they did something. So we talk about we talk about how, you know, uh, um, what's the word? How what's what? What does it mean to like incite violence? Like how much Trump incites violence? How like uh, provocative he is, yes. right? But we don't acknowledge that that's just how the Republican or sorry the the presidential race just goes in general. And it, mm-hmm. it's how it has gone for, I mean, recent memory for me. Yeah. It may be, it may, what's been interesting about editing my, my, my upcoming article for America is talking to the <laughs> editor who's much older than me, not much older, but he's older than me. And so he remembers more presidential elections. And he's like, there was a time when after Roe v. Wade, there were Democrats who were pro-life in, in the Senate. But that, how, how has it gotten to the point where that's almost heresy, right? For that party. Yeah. And there was a time where there were pro, pro-choice pro Republicans. But how has it gotten to this point? And I think it's because it's so important for the federal elections to... Because people don't have enough time to like even look into their local elections. How are they going to have time to follow everything that's going on on the national stage? It's hard to get information out there. You have to reduce things to sound bites. You have to reduce things to brand. And your your brand is always going to be, I'm going to save America. They're going to destroy it. It's a very simple message. It's one that people can understand. It's one that makes you angry. It's one that makes your amygdala all like, tr- all like titillated. You know, you're like well, shooting things up and down your your spine. You're like, oh, I got a fight or flight response. You know, and it's also. But the problem is that rhetoric coming from the top in it infects us at the very roots of our social fabric. It, it can. makes it. It doesn't it have can. to. If you, yeah, you're right. if you read everything that the president says and listen to everything that's coming out of Washington, it will infect you. But you can yes. also choose to not pay attention. And yeah. so, but yes, I think there's got to be a third option to just either paying complete attention or not paying attention at all. The Benedict option. <laughs> I think there's got to be a third option that means like acknowledging what these people are saying and rising above it, like not letting yourself become a part of that. Because what, hap- what happens is like these people honestly believe that one man ran in there and said that he wants... He wants he wants people who are supporting Biden's inauguration hanging on the lawn of the Capitol building, starting with the journalists. Oh. Kind of crazy, right? How does it? How do you get to the point in your psyche where you feel that way about people you've never met who are just doing their jobs? You realize that in order to get to the Second Amendment, you have to go through the First Amendment first, and the First <laughs> Amendment does include <laughs> freedom of the press, and so it's like <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like, I love the Bill of Rights, except for... <laughs> except for that one. Let me open this coconut and let's drink some of the milk inside. All right. So yeah. I've been thinking this whole... all We're circling kind of around this idea that I'm, I'm worried. I don't want to say nobody's talking about this because that sounds really pretentious. But I haven't heard anybody kind of go at it from this angle of... So we're talking about wanting to rise above, right? And, and wanting to, to take all the things that are coming at us from Washington, regardless of the side or the office, and rise above them. But I see, like, everybody that is, quote-unquote, supposed to be above it is not above it, right? So Barack yeah. Obama, getting into it, right? He's not rising above it. Joe Biden, getting into it, not rising above it. Like, all the people that you th- that are supposed to be, have the moral high ground in this situation, mm-hmm. according to the narrative, are not rising above it. So let me... 
let me just say this. I've seen and heard a couple of uh, politicians. Joe Biden is the one that kind of set this off in my mind was his sort of, uh, I don't know if you saw his press conference or anything after when all of this was happening, but he was saying, you know, this, this is chaos. It borders on sedition. You must stand down now. I call on this mob to return. Like, it's just the way that he was talking in a way that a lot of the politicians were talking, Mike Pence, um, Ted Cruz, uh, AOC, like pe- both sides of the aisle, right? Mm-hmm. The way that they were talking, it sounded like that they were the lunch monitors in a cafeteria and the kids were getting into a food fight and yeah. the kids were not listening to them when they were telling them to, to stop throwing the food. And so they just said, now, this is not how we act, Sunnyside Elementary. This is not who we are. <laughs> you know, like that's the phrase, like this is not who America is. You know, it just sounds like this weird chiding. This, posturing, we- yeah. this weird posturing of these people out here are children and I'm the adult. And I'm just unsurprised that nobody is listening to them <laughs> and nobody like cares <laughs> because who would want to respond to that? And and when we're talking originally, like people are expecting the wrong things out of the federal government. Um, I think there is a, a, a group of people in America who want politicians to be their parents to teach them the right thing, to teach them how to live, to, to be that voice of like, no, this is not, this is not America. This is not Sunnyside Elementary. They need that. Uh, and they really want it, which is completely disordered. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's another group uh, who only wants, I, I don't know if it's, it's the, they both want that, but in different ways, I suppose. Like they both want the politicians to be their parents and tell them, yes, you can have your guns. Yes, you can do whatever you want. Or yes, you can use your pronouns however you'd like to use them. And yes, you can uh, go to college for free. Like they both are wanting that, but for different reasons, yeah. you know? And it's kind of this, I don't know what the word would be, adolescentizing. Uh, making of adolescence of the whole nation, which infantilization, which, infantilization, right? It's it, which does benefit the people in power because if you start treating everybody like children and have them expect to um, rely on you for moral permission to to do what they want to do, then that is kind of a way of controlling the population and getting them to vote how you want to vote and getting them mm-hmm. to live how you want them to live. And it, I was just, it was just so clear in those kind of post capital rush uh, uh, conference calls of just like, this is not who we are. Like we need to be a better nation. I, I, I call, I call for peace. I call for unity. Like nobody's listening to your calls, dude. Yeah. Like nobody's picking, nobody's on the other end. Everybody who's, who's saying this, like they're getting all of these retweets and getting all these videos. Those are all from like Democrats in California who are like, <laughs> like watching this like, Oh, that's such a good point. Like I, I agree with that call. <laughs> it's like, no, nobody cares. And so, so there's that point. Oh, I have a, I have a, again, I have, I've got so much more to say, but what do you, I think do, does only, that make sense? The, the, the reason why these calls don't work is because they're only heard by, it's like, it's like both sides are speaking a different language that can only be understood by whoever's wearing their color Jersey. You yeah. know, it's, it's like, you, it's like Republicans can't they go la 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 when when Joe Biden is calling for unity, but then whenever like Mitch McConnell or Trump does it, they're like, "See, why isn't the left doing that?" And it's like I don't I don't understand. Like I I heard on one one day after after uh, after um, uh, Biden got elected, people were talking. Someone on on Fox was like, "I just don't understand why Biden isn't acknowledging the fact that." Uh, Trump did such a great job with Operation Warp Speed, and then, like, the and literally the the next show, I heard the New York Times reporting how Biden was congratulating Trump yeah. on Operation Warp. And it's like that's the thing is we don't hear the blue team or the red team if we're on the other team. We don't mm-hmm. hear them, and that's I I just don't think calls for unity can come from within the the political structure anymore. It's just yeah. it's gone. It's the it's not going to work. The idea that there's respect for the presidential office is out the window, you know. It's the idea that there can be respect for senators and house house members is gone. I, the only place where calls for unity can come from is the church. Well, kind of, 
because I but saw then, Bishop Barron's video yeah. the other day, and that was really uncompelling. <laughs> Can I? Just, oh, really? Like, I I love the good bishop. I think he does a lot of good things, and I don't want to just like blindly say I know more than Bishop Robert Barron. Like that's mm. not, that's not what I'm trying to say at all. But it felt like he was just in the exact same vein as everybody else of saying, you know, we we need to pray about this, and we need to not you know, engage in these activities and, and we should feel much, a lot of shame right now, you know, in our country. And it's just like, I don't yes. think that needs to be said because it's like the people that are going to riot and storm the Capitol are going to do it. They're not going to be dissuaded right. by Bishop Barron, but right. I don't mean, I don't mean the church as in like the church leadership. Oh, what do because you mean? that's the thing is because okay, that's the thing okay. is like people on the people on the left and the right will just, will just paint you as a member of whatever party they don't like. If mm-hmm. you speak out against them. Yeah, I mean the church as like the body, meaning every Catholic needs to. You mean the lady seek unity needs to be empowered. Though we need to empower the lady. No, we need to. <laughs> I think Catholics need to see themselves as outside of this paradigm, and I don't mean just outside of Republican and Democrat registering as independent. I mean like don't even say that you're a conservative or a liberal. Yeah, get those, get out of it completely. Get out of it. Just pretend that those con those are social constructs. Okay, you want to talk about a socially constructed <laughs> binary? That's yeah. that. Okay, mm-hmm. the idea of conservative—they're both. We have in America, we have liberals and libertarians, right? We have just two different kinds of liberalism. One is more more one is more liberal than the other. Just say I'm out. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm going to exist outside of this paradigm, and it takes time to do that, right? Just refuse to think within those paradigms. And stop like assuming that the Republicans are the Christian Party because they vote pro-life, and stop assuming that the Democrats are the are the Catholic Party because they vote pro-immigrant and pro-racial justice. They're both screwed. They're both they're both way out of left field or right field. However, <laughs> I think everybody should read Sanctissimus uh, Annus. I don't know how to say mm-hmm. that, but it's JP 2s kind of 100 year anniversary document on rerum navarum and it's not necessarily all about economics it's most it, it is a little bit about economics and about capitalism in a post uh, cold war society mm-hmm. but it's mostly about how do we live in a free society what does proper like understanding of your an individual a virtuous individual's proper role in society and that includes democracy and like my interaction with democracy that includes my interaction with the economy and these types of things i think we just have like lost like what is what is my as as catholics especially like we don't think that we have an individual role in living and engaging in a free society like we don't believe that there's so i'm reading a lot of a lot of jp2 lately right mostly this this book witness to hope i'm getting i'm almost done wow Uh, i have 200 some pages left in his biography but they just walked through the the revolution of 1989 which was kind of the beginning of the end of the the soviet empire in europe Mm -hmm. Um, all of these soviet states had revolutions some of them were nonviolent. some of them were partially violent um, and they started overthrowing soviet regimes bit by bit by bit by bit right and i was reading it's just kind of interesting how i'm reading that piece of history right now and then also this other stuff is going on because without fail all of these revolutions were rooted in um the principle of solidarity solidarity were rooted in the principle of individual freedom religious freedom economic freedom um there were principles to to the revolution of the the government is actually oppressing us the government is is preventing us from living as we ought to live and we know how we ought to live because we believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ generally it's like generally it was it was catholic begun or very least christian yeah. begun movements that would build and build and build and build and, and ultimately overthrow um these regimes especially in poland especially in uh czechoslovakia especially in uh lithuania latvia estonia all these places right the same kind of thing happened everywhere um was a was a sort of christian response to the soviet uh regime the iron curtain fell it was great but without fail there was leadership there was coordination there was philosophical principles that were spread throughout the entire country so that everybody knew this is what we're fighting for this is why we're protesting this is why we're going to go on hunger strikes this is why we're going to go on labor strikes this is why we're going to do this and this and this and this so that we can 
gain bit by bit these freedoms and these principles back from the government that has taken them from us, okay? Which is just so radically different than what is happening now. And that's so mm -hmm. frustrating. I think partially one of the reasons why it doesn't work is because America is so dang big that it's really hard <laughs> to, to mount any kind of countrywide resistance movement, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I'm not saying that there should be a resistance movement. I don't really know. But if Black Lives Matter wanted to do their job effectively... I, they do have tenants on their website, I suppose. But other than like some protests that all kind of happened on the same days in some big cities and, and then it was over, right? There were, there was no, there was no list of demands. Nobody really, nobody went on strike from their essential job. Mm -hmm. They like, they took a day off to go downtown and, and put their fist up in the air and then they went back. But like, if you have a bunch of essential workers actually protesting, actually going on strike and refusing to go back to work going on hunger strikes and saying, I'm not going to eat until the government addresses these problems. That's when you start to get some real change. Black Lives Matter didn't do that. The, mm -hmm. the, the, uh, don't steal the deal side. I don't know what the, what the name <laughs> of the, of the other group. They didn't do that. They just were like, Oh, I'm upset. Smash. Like, <laughs> and it, it just is such a stark difference and there's never going to be any change that way. And that's just yeah. what makes me really sad. It's like, if there's, if you really think that there's something that needs to be changed, have principles, have a philosophy, actually sacrifice for your cause and don't just indulge in your, in your animal desires. And I, I think, I think that philosophy can't just be a philosophy. I think, I think it needs to be a philosophy that's rooted in truth and justice. And that's obviously, that sounds very nice. And everyone wants, everyone thinks their philosophy is rooted in truth and justice, but it's like, we don't even know what truth is. We don't even know what justice is. All we know is what injustice is. I think that's a good place to start. I think because the first the first time, like the first thing that people say whenever something like this happens, right? Whether it's um, purported election fraud or let's say purported voter suppression, right? Two things that seem for some reason are on polar opposite sides of the Republican or liberal conservative spectrum. One side is always talking about voter suppression. One side is always talking about voter fraud, at least lately. Both sides ask, well, if this happened, wouldn't it be in, wouldn't it be an injustice? And then the answer is, well, but then, but the, the, the person on the other side of the argument doesn't say yes. Mm -hmm. If that did happen, if that did happen, that would be unjust. The, the response is like, well, if you cared so much about voter suppression, why don't you care about voter fraud? Or if you care so much about voter fraud, why don't you care about voter suppression? And it's just not helpful. There, the, the thing, I think the main problem is that these, these movements, these protest movements, they don't invite the, they don't invite people into them. Yeah. It's you're part of the problem. You're on the wrong side of history. You're the enemy. Whereas we we don't see ourselves as a unified cohesive whole working towards change justice yeah yeah we see ourselves as two separate sides and each side sees themselves as the just side and the other side as the inherently unjust side that desires injustice and that's not tenable and i'm starting to think that that paradigm is inherent in our system and i don't know if we can get rid of it no we can't I mean, America is not right. a divinely instituted uh, nation. This is what we were, we, I know it's crazy. We were born out of this. Everyone's like, this is not America. And it's like, so you're telling me that no, America it, wasn't it, founded on violently storming government buildings and taking them over. <laughs> Cause like, that's kind of, that's kind of what it was. This was our whole bag for like fi 10 years. You know, you know that musical you guys love so much. Yeah. That one where one politician <laughs> shot the other? This is absolutely precedented. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just, it's just so funny because it's... Uh, any sort of nation that's founded on a revolution like that that doesn't have a common cultural understanding, you're, you're going to have problems. We don't have a culture. This is the other thing that JP2 always talks about, right? If you want a free society to have religious freedom... Uh, individual freedoms, economic freedoms, culture has to come first. That's his whole project throughout his entire pontificate is we have to restore the culture and prioritize culture. And where culture is getting destroyed or repressed, he's going to fight against that, right? His whole, he was a, he was an actor for crying out loud. You know, like that was his whole thing was we have to restore this, this culture. 
and there's it just feels i mean it's it's one of those things that uh scott Hahn talks about in his book it is right and just which i just listened to nice. his his uh conversation with brandon mcginley on his podcast um the other day but he said like it just needs like we don't have to do anything on the national scale or the international scale because that's really above our pay grade we can talk about it but that should drive what we do one with our family two with our neighborhood and three with Mm -hmm. our cities and then maybe if you're in a position where you can do something in your state or in the country great but that's going to be you know fewer and fewer people everybody has a family Everybody has a family that they can, or at the very least, people lives on a street. Everybody lives on a street somewhere, or you live near somebody. Nobody's a hermit, and so um, that is kind of the mindset that we have to take. Of like, if we want to restore the culture, because we know that that has to come first, you have to start by evangelizing yourself and evangelizing your family. Um, And it's, I mean, this whole this whole thing. When I was when I was a. a lowly social media intern for my diocese. I on the Fourth of July, uh, I was asked to do a Fourth of July post, and I was like, "Separation Church and State." I'm not doing that. Um, <laughs> I, I posted a picture of uh, the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and I, I the caption was uh, Psalm 127. I, I don't. It up. I don't have that memorized. Sorry. Yeah, the memorized. No, yeah. no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Psalm 127. Uh, if the Lord does not build the house. In vain do its builders labor. (laughs) And I think that can be taken one of two ways. That can be taken very patriotically and say, ah, yes, the Lord built our house. Mm -hmm. But I definitely meant it the other way. And it's like, if if these men did not build this house with the Lord guiding them, then we should know the fruits. And I think it's abundantly clear based on the civil war that happened literally a century later and now that they did not. And so, in the smoldering trash heap that is um, our national uh, politic, I think we need to understand that if we want to rebuild, not even rebuild, if we want to build at any point unity, we have to do it, it has to be done by God, and not us, which means you focus on what God has given you, which means the things that are around you. And the the editor at America who I was talking to about my article, I was like, why did it get like, why did you why did you publish this? And he said, I don't think anybody's talking about local elections. And I was like, really? It feels like a really simple thing to talk about. Um, it feels like a really obvious solution. Focus on the things you can control. That's what my therapist tells me all the time. <laughs> you know, like yeah. focus on the things that are within your power. Don't focus on the things that aren't. That's the Serenity Prayer from Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's so simple, but we we. I, something something has tricked us, and whether it's national democracy or the Seventeenth Amendment or uh, Twitter, that we we have global power, that every single person has a say. I think that has tricked us into only saying things about things we can't control, because mm-hmm. we believe the other things don't matter. Yeah, it's and to to kind of wrap up this whole thing. So that we can do Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner and actually Perfect. help help people that we can, things that we can yeah, control. and actually focus on things we can, we can control. control. I just think it's people's so funny. Us. Everybody is like, this is the darkest day in American history. Um, someone compared it to Pearl Harbor, which... No. Yes, it was Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer said... Really? Much the same as FDR stood in this place on December 7th, 1941, and it's called this a day of infamy. January 6th, 2021 will go down as a day... It was just like, dog, bad look. Guys, they broke into a museum. <laughs> That's, it was, I mean... Ben Stiller was there. I've Robin, Robin the Williams was there. I ran briskly through the lobby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, was a, there was a mummy who had a tablet that brought all the things in the museum. Every night, all, all of the Congress people come to life... <laughs> Because there's a mummy with a magic tablet, and that's the only way that the congressmen and women are allowed to live. Um, Didn't Bruno Mars play the mummy? No, it was Rami Malek. Oh. Yeah. Isn't Rami Malek just a taller Bruno Mars? Uh, Sustained. So um, (laughs) the whole thing is like, this is such a dark day. This is going to live in infamy. This is America's should be full of shame. But like, they were back like six hours later. Like just some papers were on the ground, some furniture was stacked up, and then they finished someone what they were. Someone did die. Someone did die. That's uh, don't want to discount that. She, yeah, she it, did. It's, it's it is awful to think that someone died in 
a gover- like a federal government building. Right. That's, for, that's, that's for, not something that... For no reason at all. For like, no let's, reason. Let's be yeah. absolutely clear. Like, she was shot. I don't know why she was shot. She was shot by... Or the, by who? I don't know. Who I was think she the, shot I by? I think the, the D.C. police or the Capitol Police shot her. So... Oh. You can't really know what happened in that situation. Who knows? Um, but that just is like... They were, they were back in. They finished that night. Uh, the Capitol is secure. Everybody went home. Like, yeah, it was the first time that they've broken into the Capitol since 18-whatever, but, like, at least when they broke in back in the 1800s, they actually, like, tried to burn it down, and, you know, like, they were trying to do something. And then this time it was like, we're going to be in here, and we're going to film ourselves the whole time. Like, it's just crazy. You see those the news, it's like, oh, protesters break into the chambers of the of the Congress, and you see, like, five dudes with their cell phones out. It's like, they didn't really break in. Like, they yeah. didn't really do anything. Like, imagine if everybody outside managed to get inside and be in the chambers and, like, occupy the entire place and refuse to leave. That would be a much different story. Mm-hmm. And, like, like if they all sat down and, like, you know, we're, we're going to stay here until this and this and this are looked at. Like, that would have been a principled, albeit uh, irresponsible and, and stupid way to, to get yes. to where they were going. <laughs> but it would have at least made sense. Instead, you just had yeah. this dude with no shirt on just just streaming himself like running around the Capitol building for fun. It's like, it's just, I don't think it's going to live in infamy. I think people are going to forget about it in a couple of weeks. And people like saying things will live in infamy. I think one of the, I think one of this the, this is the worst day about, in American history. It's like, all right. The, I think the worst part about modern politics is that everybody thinks everybody keeps comparing now things to before things. I don't uh-huh. think we have, I don't think we have a future anymore. I think all we have is history. All we ha- Whoa. Pat, you know, like, that's deep brother. Uh, yeah. Just, let's just not anyway. overreact because, Nothing, nothing really happened. <laughs> you know, it, it was all, nobody, no, nobody got taken hostage. Could have been a lot worse. Let's, let's be honest. Let's just hope that, uh, all the senators became friends. Friendship. Friendship. The way to save the world. Focus.org. Uh, Dr. Ethan's dating corner. Dr. Ethan's dating corner. All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. (laughs) All right, so I got a really long email. Oh, I think I got that one too. Do you want to just. Oh, you did. Do you did you read it? S- I I read it, but like it was so long that I've forgotten what was at the beginning by the time I got to the end. So if you just cool. want to so summarize it. The first question is more of the first. The, I think the first question is interesting, but I, I'd like to focus on the second one because it's actually about online dating. Um, hello, Dr. Ethan and Professor Patrick. Long time listener. I have three questions. Okay. Uh, you can take them separately or whatever. You can introduce me as Manly Man McGee, or you can use my real name, Kyle. It's <laughs> I'm 26-year-old. I'm a 26-year-old human man-child. I have all my teeth. I'm single, and I like sunset walks on the beach. That's mm, good. Great. I have had minimal success with Catholic online dating. This seems to be universal among my extended family. I have 50-something cousins and for my friends. I have always believed that online dating sites were a good way to meet the nice Catholic ladies, but not the best way. The problem is not the lack of nice Catholic ladies, it's the lack of them responding. I'd like to move away from using online dating sites because they feel a little wrong and unnatural to me. Also, I get maybe one response for every 30 messages I send. How do I move away from dating sites and still meet new Catholic women? Bonus details. I'm in a young adult group. Unfortunately, I haven't fallen head over heels for any of the ladies. New people aren't joining regularly while this pandemic. Uh, My work is in a field that is male-dominated. I have no female co-workers within seven years of my age. I think I don't even know the answer to that. Um... (laughs) <laughs> lower your standards uh <laughs> is the answer really to join the knights of columbus uh should i be talking to girls after he said accosting but i'm gonna skip that word should i be talking to girls that look my age after mass um they always seem to be with a guy who might or may not be their brother or with their family to go right up and talk to them i'll do it watch me just give me the go ahead is this all a sign that i need to chillax and let a woman eventually pop up what is it what's the answer um kyle I think you need to chillax. <laughs> I think you're overthinking it. Uh, it's a man. It's such an easy, 
temptation to slip Based into. on his other two questions, he's definitely overthinking. Definitely. Things. I saw how much you wrote yeah. in that email. And, dog, you just need to calm down. Like, let's just... I know you're hearing this and you're like, what? I don't need to calm down. I'm going to do 10 push-ups right now. Get back up. Get out of that. Get out of that push-up position. Just sit down. Breathe. See now that that's a little bit better for everybody. Okay, the the temptation is you're 26, your fertility's fading, you're worried. Like what's oh what? Oh my am, gosh, how, what, <laughs> when do you think fertility fades for men? I have no idea. I've never taken like an anatomy 60. class. It's really old, but you it's know, really old. Your your fertility's fading. You don't have to. He's not do, going through menopause or womenopause. You don't have to do anything, Kyle. the The first thing that you should do is not be scanning the room at mass for young women that oh yeah that's not a th- please don't do that please just go to mass and pray and then uh leave and if you meet anybody afterwards in the narthex or maybe in the parking lot great but i would not be scanning the room and saying who can i accost after this after this mass is concluded <laughs> Um, so that's, this is very much a not go ahead. <laughs> that's an SAT word you don't want to use in this context. My Correct. I think the answer for all of these questions of just like, I can't seem to meet anybody, but I'm putting myself out there is you just need to double down on devotion and become more like Jesus. Uh, because if you're, if you are quote unquote trying and it's not working, it probably just means that like you're, you're, you are relying on your own power too much, uh, Yes, you need to be vigilant and you need to put yourself out there and you need to like ask girls out if you meet them and all of those kinds of things. Maybe you need to move cities. Maybe you need to like if if this is the thing It's like, oh, man, I'm in this I'm in this job where there's no women and I'm living in this city where there's no women. And I and I go on these websites where there's no women. But like marriage is the number one priority for me. But like all of my life circumstances are preventing me from getting married. It's like, dog, maybe you need to change your life circumstances. Like if we really believe that vocation is going to be the thing that brings us to heaven, then we should need to make all of our decisions around that vocation, you know? And so like, yeah, your job's probably important. And I don't want to like say quit your job and move cities if it's not a smart thing to do. Maybe you just need to change a couple of things locally, but uh, just start thinking of like, okay, if this is the most important thing to you, it is everything in your life revolving around growing in your prayer life and preparing for your vocation. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause if not, if, and if you're still living for yourself and not living for Christ, it's going to be hard and you're going to be running into these things. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Pat? Yeah, my thoughts are I have uh, I've, I haven't been in your situation. Um, yeah, me neither. So I don't know how it feels, but I know it can definitely be very ang- anxiety ridden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So based on what he's brought up in his other uh in his other questions, um, yeah, yeah, you're overthinking it. Yeah, you're overthinking dating. It's gonna happen when it happens. Uh, my parents got married at 30, so like, don't worry. Yeah. You also <laughs> you just know? need to like ask people out, even if you don't think that they're. It's gonna be magic. You know, you yeah. don't need to fall head over heels for some. In fact, you shouldn't fall head over heels for someone before you start dating them. Yeah, because then you're really gonna overthink it. So, you are not entitled to a super hot trad lady. Mm-hmm. That that is going to fall out of the sky and be submissive to you and just want to 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 marry you in three months like that you are not entitled to that. Um, what you are allowed to do is meet women and ask them out and get to know them. And if they only go on one or two dates and you decide this isn't for me, maybe they have friends. Maybe building friendships with women through respectfully dating them will help you meet other women rather than mm-hmm. just sitting and waiting. Uh, and saying, when is when is my perfect mantilla clothed lady gonna fall out of the sky? Like, <laughs> this is you not just gotta, happen. you just gotta like, just gotta send put it. yourself out there. Put yourself you just out gotta there. You gotta go. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta look, you gotta look behind doors. You gotta see what's going on. You, know, you, you have to. Walk you down might have paths. to drive across the state or across the country to go on a date that might be pointless. Like, it might just end up being nothing. Like that one person that responds to you out of thirty, go on a date with them. Doesn't matter how far away they are. Like, you just gotta start moving you gotta start going like you're it sounds like you're a little stationary you know yeah and like waiting and for it to come to you it's like that's not how it always works and to answer other questions that i think are very important uh no you are not obliged to message people back on dating websites and no. also drinking and smoking do not inherently make you more masculine or attractive to women correct uh, if you don't want to start doing that you don't have to yep 
I think that's good. Sorry, yeah, Kyle, I'm not anyway. trying to be too negative, but uh Kyle, you got this. You got this. You got this. You just got to start stop you stop using your head, start using your heart. And if anybody out there is tired of Catholic dating websites, I have I got a new one for you. It's called Facebook.com slash group slash the crunch. Okay. Facebook.com slash group slash the crunch. You too can be a member of a bunch of other people who have grown up. They have they have grown up bottle fed by our great dating advice. So bottle you know fed. you're gonna get the best of the best, the cream of the crop. We've got hundred and eighty people who have suckled from the teat of the crunch podcast. <laughs> I was going to let you say suckle from the teeth. I wasn't going to say it. Uh, perks of uh, of still not being married. I can say things like suckled from the teeth. <laughs> you can't say that because you're, you're married. Can't. And there's a context. Just, yeah, there's a context. It's disgusting. <laughs> anyway. I have, so, I, I have someone who I can get in trouble with. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. That's podcast. Wives don't listen to podcasts. This is this is part of the this is part of the curse. Wives listen to your husband's podcasts. Husbands love your wives. <laughs> this is a great mystery, and I mean in reference to Christ and his podcast. <laughs> this podcast is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, the good 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 recording. I think we're gonna do uh, our soul movie review mm-hmm. on on patreon exclusive patreon yeah patreon exclusive if you want to hear our thoughts on soul let me let me just give you a little teaser trailer one of us liked it one of us did not like it at all so you're gonna wait which one am i did you like it i thought you liked it Uh, i mean i didn't uh, okay so i i firmly went on the side of do not like it at all because that's how you have to write opinion articles you have to just make an opinion you have to make a decision and just stick with it and it should be the unpopular one because that's how you get published sure well, I didn't like it. We live in. I didn't like it either, so we're just going to agree for 20 minutes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but check it out. Patreon.com slash The Crunch. It'll be posted there. And Facebook.com slash groups slash The Crunch Cast. That's it. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? January 10th, the day this podcast drops is truly the day that will live in infamy. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you and we'll see you all next week. Bye.